love, kindness, human connection. These are some of the things we talk about on the Danny Painter Show. It's a thing. This show is intended for a more mature audience. We might sometimes say bad words. On a Zoom with me is a woman that I met through a mutual friend of ours, Heather Hook. Heather Hook used to be on the show, on my Jack Grand FM show. Um, Life coach, mentor, help us with burnout, um, help us with fatigue, help us with all of the things that we're feeling at the moment. Celine Morin, hello, welcome to the Danny Painter Show. Thank you so much. Thank you, Danny. I um I briefly so we just uh, we 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 had a quick meeting before this to talk about life and what we were going to speak about, and I just got the best energy from you. Like you 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 knew what was going on um, without me ever, even having to tell you. And I think so many of us feel like that at the moment: that burnt out, fatigued, tired. Yeah. Yeah. It's different than before, though, because it's a tired but very wired, right? So it's like this almost inability to switch off when we need to, like at night or over weekends. Yeah. yeah. And we'll talk about why, because it's yeah. absolutely normal to be feeling that way. Oh, my gosh. I love that you're validating us. You're normal. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. So tell me a little bit about who you are. Before we learn, before we can trust you, we need to know who you are, how you started, what you do, where you're from, um, because you're South African, but you don't live here anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. So my parents left the Champagne region in France after they got married, and they went on honeymoon to South Africa and stayed. They're still there. (laughs) So they've been there and married for about 53 years. So I'm French by heritage, but very South African because I was born and lived there until four years ago. And I live in uh, the UK, just outside of London. And really, I do this work because I'm inspired to see the spark in somebody's tired eyes come back. So I qualified as a dietitian in 2000. And after five years of clinical practice, I didn't want to stay in that space because it was very much reactive post diagnosis, illness related, you know, treating diabetes, heart disease, digestive issues. And so since 2006, I've been doing workplace well-being initiatives. So going to the place where we all spend like a third of our lives, where stress really comes from often, and then looking at ways to not give up our health while we're building wealth, so to speak, and stay energized and healthy and well. And it was difficult 15 years ago. It's no longer difficult now. I mean, organizations, employers, everybody understands the importance of holistic well-being. Okay, so obvious, and I, I, I often say this to to people that I speak to that are on this journey or look to help people. You don't find yourself in a position of a teacher unless you've been in the position of a student, right? You mm. you don't uh, heal other people's trauma or fatigue or burnout or whatever unless you yourself have experienced it. So would you mind, I mean, if you're open to sharing, talking a little bit about that, like how how you ended up here? Yeah, I think I always knew I was going to be some kind of healer. You know, as a young child, you can look at that through the games that you play, the curious nature, the things that were interesting to me, like I'd love anything to do with hospitals and people and health. And I wanted to understand when like an adult was sick, like, but why, why? I'd always ask why, why? So I was intrigued by anatomy, physiology, chemistry, even, and then through school, those were the subjects that I did the best in. And then I've always been interested in food, I think because of my French heritage. So, you you know, 
I just have these memories of hours and hours of long lunches and dinners and all food being embraced. And then, of course, going through teenage years, worrying about my image and going through that phase that most girls go through terrible dieting and self-criticizing and then almost developing some kind of eating disorder. But having this French background of like, but everything fits, even a creme brulee and baguette bread, you know? So when I discovered dietetics was a degree in a medical faculty at a university, I was like, that's my path. I just knew instantly and I was 15 when I discovered that. And then through my own personal self-development and spiritual growth, I have a tendency towards towards what I call functional workaholism. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm an entrepreneur and I love what I do. But I also know that, you know, the inability to be still and to be happy in not doing and find value and feeling enough without achieving a to-do checklist or being successful in what society says is deep work for me. So that's also what I teach now around emotional and mental health and well-being and knowing about balance and finding a joie de vivre outside of how we identify ourselves in a work context. Mm. You just, again, called me out on my inability to, to be still without a phone, without a book, without an, uh, it's very difficult. And I think I read somewhere not so long ago that we've lost the ability to be bored. We've lost the ability mm-hmm. to just sit in space and just be in a line in a queue or, or just be at home in the garden and just be bored. We're so stimulated all the time. And I do think that this is where a lot of our burnout's coming from because those pauses in between life are so important for you to sit and reset and think. But going back to what you do, you have quite a holistic approach to healing oneself, right? You you talked when we spoke uh, off, off camera, you spoke about head, heart, gut. And mm-hmm. When we were speaking, you were telling me that a lot of my anxiety could be coming from my gut health. Mm. Um, And obviously, I did a deep dive on YouTube, and you're (laughs) probably right. But um, talk to us about the connection head, heart, guts, and how that can manifest badly if we're not looking after it. Sure. Well, we show up with a certain personality, right? And our personality is made up by how how we think uh, how we feel so our emotional well-being and then how we choose to act and behave which relates to what we do with our body and um there's a lot of focus specifically in the workplace and at the moment on mental and emotional well-being which is incredibly important however we know that what you feed your body is ultimately what your body has to work with to make chemicals and molecules that then be- create hormones and neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin that then affect our mood so they're inextricably linked and the research is showing how the gut is often referred to as the second brain. It's got a whole nervous system, the enteric nervous system that manages it. And it's involved in immunity, in sending messages up to the brain, in absorbing vitamins, in making neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin. And we use words in our language to describe it, right? Like we talk about something being difficult to digest or having butterflies in our stomach or uh, something leaving a bitter taste in our mouth. So, yeah, we need to stop thinking that we're disconnected at the neck here you know, and like pay attention to our whole self. And that's why I like to speak about head, heart and gut. And there's different strategies that you can do for for each. But the idea is to look at yourself as a whole and not just compromise on one side. Or if you have a condition, say anxiety or insomnia or headaches, to not just target one of those areas, but look at all three. 
you know, just listening to you speak, and this is not a coaching session, this is just an interview, but listening to you speak, when you speak about like feeling things in your core, um, anxiety sits in the core. That's where you feel it. You feel nervous. You feel gnar. You feel the butterflies in the stomach. All of those feelings are, are generally in your core. Mm. And we're just not looking after it at all. Like at all. We're feeding it all the bad things, drinking ice cold water, like all the things we shouldn't be doing. Okay, so... Say no. Sugar, alcohol, caffeine, refined foods. Let's not, yeah. The ice cold water is at way at the bottom of the list of issues. <laughs> well, thank you, Selen. Um, I, uh, all of those things are me. So we'll just like one at a time then, right? But this is, this is, and we're going to get to this because this is part of your, your practice, right? Is that nothing all at once and all together, small incremental steps every so often because and, and, and we'll talk more about this, but like overwhelming yourself with good is also not good. Yeah, and I believe strongly in do the do's so that you don't have to worry about the don'ts. <laughs> yeah. So don't worry about cutting out coffee and cutting out sugar. Well, worry about what's missing. Like, are you eating like an artist? We can talk about that. Like, are you having enough water to stay hydrated? Add that in, and then your nine cups of coffee might become six. Okay. And most of us don't like to cut stuff out. It makes us feel like we're, that's why I hate the word diet. The first three letters of the word <laughs> give you an idea of what it's about. It's like death by fork or missing fork because you just deny yourself. It's not sustainable. Yeah. And so, yeah, rather looking at what you can add in that could help displace maybe the bad food or bad behaviors. And then if you need to fine tune, once you've got a bit of motivation and you can see the stuff actually works for you, because that, that's important, is to feel good and to feel like you're actually doing something right. Okay, so we're going to talk about the things we can do after we're speaking about all of the things that are making us feel bad. And one of the things that are definitely making us feel bad, and this was one of the biggest reasons that I wanted to speak to you today, is um, screen time. Obviously, uh, this is all heightened at the moment because we're in a global pandemic. Everything is uh, online. We're completely separate from the world. And I was speaking to you in just my personal capacity that I don't have analog time at the moment because I work on Zoom. I drink with my best friend, Sonia, on a house party. I watch Netflix and Amazon and Prime and YouTube on the same device. And then when I cook... I'm listening to something on Spotify or when I'm going to bed, I'm putting background music on. There is no not screen time. And you were talking about how absolutely horrible this is for me. And what are the ways that these can manifest? Because I don't think I'm alone here. Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, so technology is great, right? I mean, like, I don't know what I would do without Spotify as an example, or <laughs> yeah, being able to listen to podcasts. And there's this paradox, right? So not having emptiness is not good for us. And that's because of what neuroscience is showing and all the research in positive psychology. So there's a lot of research to substantiate why sitting still and doing nothing is actually not doing nothing. It's giving your synapses in your brain, your neurons a break. But not only that, it gives other parts of your brain that generally don't work when we're constantly stimulated to activate and come alive, which is things like daydreaming, creative thought, problem solving. I mean, how often, I don't know if you've had this experience. I, it happened to me yesterday. I have been struggling with how to conceptualize a particular complex issue on a presentation. I went to the park 
and messed around for about half an hour on the walk back home i was like that's how the slide needs to look yeah. that would not have happened if i didn't go mess around for half an hour and just kind of play and do nothing so yeah i mean dr martin seligman who's considered the father of positive psychology says that human beings need solitude to flourish we don't optimize our overall well-being if we aren't able to potentially sit without excess stimulus coming in and that doesn't mean zoning out and meditating and you know being cross-legged on the floor it can be going for a walk but without your phone and without earphones in so that you actually hear the birds yeah. notice the leaves on the trees feel your body that's a great place to start is maybe just start with five minutes at the start of your day or at the end of your day or both bookend your day and just allow yourself to maybe scan from your head to your toes and in the beginning it could be quite uncomfortable but the more often you do it, the more we practice, the better we get, right? I think it was Gary Player that said that, you know, the more I practice, the luckier I get. <laughs> so I think it's important to start with the why. Why, Danny, would it be good for you to not have a screen around? Because when you know the why, you'll find a how. You'll be like, okay, I'm going to cook a meal once a week with nothing. How about I just use my senses? And I look at the food and I smell it and I taste it and I, and I just think, you know. But until we have a strong purpose or a compelling why, we'll always sabotage ourselves and find excuses or because it's we like adrenaline adrenaline is addictive and all this input stimulates adrenaline and dopamine okay so book in the day right are we talking like an hour and an hour are we talking 30 minutes 30 minutes what are we talking because everyone has these conflicting things of like yeah. get up and walk around for 20 minutes uh, look up from your screen 20 minutes away for x amount of time there are yeah. all these little things that you've got to remember to do during your day and i think it's getting a bit overwhelming yeah that's a good point and it's not meant to be because we're already just hustling so much like we don't want to add to that it's so personal I think it's about each individual and where you are and starting with very small changes. So for me, most mornings, I give myself at least an hour where I don't put my phone on. My phone stays on do not disturb or flight mode, depending on what it's on. But I wasn't doing that two years ago. You know, I, I, so I had to start, I started off with five minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour, and now I can feel the difference. I, I even crave longer. And the days that I give me, myself, an hour in the morning are the days I am my most productive. And at the end of the day, I generally don't have any resentment. I feel good. So, but I, I've built that up. I always say consistency over intensity. Start small and build on it so that it becomes part of your routine. Because do you do you get annoyed by the fact that you have to brush your teeth? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but like, you know, there's a lot of things that we do and we don't feel annoyed by it. So how can you bring in health habits during those times? So we can talk about habit stacking and also, yeah, do it slowly and do things that you truly believe are good for you so that you get that positive affirmation and feedback. Okay, I want to quickly go into, before we get into the how we fix, all of these things, too much screen time, um, too little analog time, not sitting with yourself, uh, hustle culture, the badge of burnout that we all wear at this point, um, not sleeping enough, not eating well. I mean, you're probably eating once, twice a day, and it's probably high-calorie takeout or quick food. What is all of this actually doing to us mentally? We know what it's doing to us physically, but what yeah. is this doing to us mentally? 
Well, mental ill health globally is exponentially rising, which means we're seeing much more anxiety and depression. And then much worse than that, we're seeing dementia and Alzheimer's. Oh, wow. And that's a range and scale, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's a serious condition, not just amongst the aging, you know. So, uh, well, that, that's the impact it's ha- having. And, of course, I mean, we have still got increased rates of obesity and then what we call uh, chronic diseases of lifestyle, you know, cancer, diabetes, heart disease, stroke, uh, pulmonary, respiratory conditions. Like, everything's increasing. We're not... There's, there's a pocket of the global population potentially getting healthier, but not enough. There's more that are not. Wow. I didn't and think that's the workforce, right, which impacts, I mean, societies and populations and communities. It's, and it's easy to think we have a cognitive bias as humans that it's not going to happen to me. You know, that stuff happens to everybody else. But no, I mean, I was reading this morning that one in four people here in the UK will have a mental health issue. And with COVID and the fact that we're not processing, I think, properly all the negative emotions, the stress, the grief, we're going to see the damage. Not now. It's after. when Because there's so many of us that think life is going to go back to normal. It's never going to go back. So we need to be able to have resilience and bounce forward, not bounce back, with new skills and learn and stay innovative and adaptable. And it's hard to be innovative and adaptable when you're dead tired. Yeah. Because then everything feels like a mountain. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I actually I was speaking to a friend of mine yesterday who's in a similar industry, um, but is actually also kind of motivational and, and a speaker. And she's she's very well known and very well loved. And she was saying she saw a post of mine on Facebook about that. I am depressed and I am anxious and my anxiety is spiking, but I am doing the things that one must do in order to, to overcome this and putting the tools in place and working with the right people. And, and she sent me a message and she said, you know what, you, I just want you to know that you're not alone. We're all tired. All of us are tired. We all yeah. feel lost. We all feel hopeless. It feels like, you know, like you say, it's changed and it's never going to go back. But I think we're looking at it from a space of, but does it get worse before it gets better? Like, where are we going? So, if you were to give us some tools, which like you said, habit stacking, to help us on this path of resilience and perhaps just trying to, I want to say be more positive, but I know that's a shitty thing to say because when you're feeling like this, you don't want to be. But what can we do um, with regards to like screen time, with regards to heart health, heart, what? Head? Head, heart. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think the, because there's so much we can say, I mean, there's books and books and books. And like, I think if you search for resilience in Google, you get like 2 million responses. Like, like, and that's just one aspect of well-being. <laughs> so, so let, let's keep it to um, head, heart, and you can even say hands, you know, because yeah. I, I like triple letter things, you know, head, head, heart, hands, <laughs> which relates to the body. So I would say, let's start at the bottom. So with your body and your gut and your hands is, are you doing the fundamentals? Because... If you are dehydrated and dead tired and living off sugar, you will not be able to show up at your best emotionally and mentally. Hmm. So let's start like this basic, you know, and I've got, for instance, on my website, there's um, an assessment that I've been using, well, since, since 2006, called the Wellculator. And the Wellculator asks you 10 questions, and those are 10 things that most of us should have in place if we want to sustain a solid physical foundation for high performance and good health. So things like staying hydrated, looking after your gut health, that means eating lots of fresh 
plant-based foods and the rainbow of colors like red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. Um, checking your health. So perhaps just keeping an eye on things like cholesterol and blood pressure because those creep up without us knowing and we can often positively impact them through diets and lifestyle before taking pills. Yep. Uh, and then sleep is important and rest. I think more so than ever, perhaps we can have a completely separate conversation about that. Yeah. And then moving your body. So we know that exercise is good for us, that we should be doing a bit of weight training and stretching and cardiovascular. But I think what's important is to move during your day. Don't just sit for eight or nine or 10 or 12 hours. Like invest in a sit-stand desk or even just get a box and turn it upside down and every hour stand for 10 minutes. Um, have stretch bands. Like I've got a few bands that on calls when my camera's not on, you know, I just play around with them so that you don't just sit still. Because when we sit still, we don't just sit still, we pick up our phones and then we multitask. And then according to Greg McGowan, the author of Essentialism, that bestseller, we actually aren't productive. We lose like 20% productivity or whatever it is. So find ways to move during the day. So those are basics around the body. Let's talk about sleep because this is something that I think we all overlook. Whether it is on purpose because you are hustling and working three jobs or because you're a mom, um, or, or whatever it is. I think if I look at just my, my closest friend circle and family, everyone is tired. I don't think anyone is sleeping the recommended eight hours. How do we fix that? Because, I mean, it's, it's difficult when you're working two, three jobs, if you have kids and everyone's at home. Like, what, do you, what are we doing? And why is that so important? Yeah, I, I think... It's really important, and I even remind myself of why sleep is so important by watching, you know, uh, Matthew Walker, the author of Why We Sleep, has a brilliant TED Talk um, called uh, Why Sleep is Your Superpower. Anyone who watches that talk or takes a look at his book, although his book is really like an encyclopedia, you've got to be quite committed to get through it, (laughs) I doubt would worry about whether their quality of sleep is good or not after that because not having enough sleep affects every single organ, specifically your brain. So we're talking about mental health because your brain uh, does processes only when you are in deep theta or delta brainwave activity, which only happens when you switch off and you sleep. So if you're not, your brain's not going there. It's not clearing out the plaques and tangles that happens in the day. And that can predispose you to mental health issues like anxiety, depression, um, old Alzheimer's. Also, lack of sleep increases a hormone called ghrelin, which makes you hungrier specifically for sugar and sweet foods. So that's not going to help. And if you're not sleeping enough, you probably are more likely to then maybe eat and you're going to feel tired. So you might grab coffee. So there's this whole perpetual cycle. I think a big issue now is not just the finding the time to sleep. It's the not being able to fall asleep and switch off. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So that for me is I'd say, how do we, the hour or two before you go to bed, because if you are an accelerator the whole day, so you're going at like 120 kilometers an hour, all that input, like we said, there's no bored time, there's no daydreaming, there's no, and then you stop and you get into bed, you've probably still got your phone in your left hand. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's like you're, I don't know, you, you're like you're planning a head-on collision. Like you, your body cannot stop like that. You need to apply the brakes before you pull into the garage, you know? And so <laughs> when, when are you pr- applying the brakes? If it's... If it's five minutes before, there's going to be some burning rubber, like there's going to be damage. If it's an hour before, ah, you might be able to cruise in slowly, you know. So I'd say what's happening an hour or two before you go to bed? And can you maybe get off screen time, 
maybe bring in some mindfulness exercises. Uh, I've started building jigsaws and puzzles in lockdown because I found that was one way to keep my hands busy when I don't have a phone in my hand, you know? I think that's where mindfulness can potentially help us. And, and practicing in moments where it doesn't really matter. So if you practice mindfulness techniques during the day or maybe in that hour before you go to bed, if you wake up at two or three o'clock in the morning, like some of us are, and then, you know, that little molehill can feel like a huge, big, fat mountain or the monkey in your mind can start jumping around. It feels like a huge gorilla. Yeah. Then you've got something to practice because we only default to what, we're, what, what we know. Very well, valid. Wow. Firstly, two things. I want to bring up two points that you've just raised here. The, the, the mindfulness not being meditation, yoga, grounding, crystals, all of these things that I think we all associate with mindfulness and meditation is difficult to do. When you, especially like you say, when, you're, when you aren't used to putting on the brakes, meditation can yeah. be the most frustrating thing. But um, I'm really glad that you said that you started building jigsaws because I started knitting and mm. I haven't told anyone this because I know that they're going to tease me, but the, and, and I use this word, which I've just actually dragged the meditative state that I get into when I'm knitting, mm-hmm. um, an hour or two can go past and I'm creating, which makes me feel good, yeah. but I'm also off, you know? So I think we need to step back and see what mindfulness is for us. It could be jigsaw. It could be scrapbooking. It could be knitting, right? In fact, Danny, thank you so much for admitting and confessing that because I believe in the expression, take your tired heart and turn it into art. <gasps> Love that. So art for you is knitting. Art for me is puzzles and jig- jigsaws. I also experimented with those little paint by number things and those sticky diamonds where you don't have to think. You just pick up number four and you <laughs> stick it into all the na- And then you've got this like after a week or two, depending on how, how, how much you've worked on it, you've got this beautiful picture. It can be making food. It can even be redecorating a room or even just um, doing like a Marie Kondo on your wardrobe. At, you know, art can be anything. It can be sitting back and listening to a piece of classical music. Yeah. You know, it's so, yeah, find the art for your tired heart. And if you can do that most nights of the week and starting with half an hour and you get it as close to an hour, I would be surprised if after a few weeks of doing that, you are not sleeping 50% better, maybe even more. I am ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. So we're, we're finding art. We're sleeping. We're doing all of these things. What are we eating? Cause apparently vegan and then gluten-free and then dairy-free. And then all of a sudden it's paleo. And then it's what, what's that? Keto. Keto. And then it's only shop on the outside aisles. Then it's eggs are bad. Then eggs aren't bad. Then butters. What are we eating? I don't know what to eat anymore. <laughs> So my approach as a dietitian is also individual. And I, I do believe that our genetics give us a lot of clues as to what we should be eating. Okay. And nowadays you can do these, what we call nutrigenomic tests, which are quite cost effective. So you can take a look at your own genetics and maybe do a few blood tests to check things like vitamin levels, mineral levels, so that you're not just taking supplements or eating foods because you think they're good for you. You actually know. And you know, think about like we often invest in a financial advisor, right, to give us financial advice or invest in business coaching for our business. But like your health is your biggest asset. And have you paid somebody who knows what they're talking about to help you? 
Most people haven't. So go see a health practitioner, see a nutritionist, see a dietitian, get advice because they will definitely look at your own data. Like I would measure things that are going on for you, ask you questions about your upbringing, your family, your lifestyle, your signs and symptoms that you're experiencing, and then find the right choice for you. Because like, for instance, the keto diet is not good for me because genetically I know that I need a low fat Mediterranean diet. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, personalize your approach. And if you're not interested and you think, oh my God, I'm not going to go invest any money. I don't want to go talk to anybody. I just say, start with doing the do's. And one of the biggest do's that benefits most of us is eat like an artist. So have lots of color in your diet. Lots of, and not like wine gums and M&Ms and Smarties. By color, I mean nature's colorful, fresh foods, vegetables, and salads. Like you should have a minimum of five to eight tennis ball portions of a range of those kind of foods on most days of the week. So if you're not doing that, I'd say, okay, let me find a chef that I think is cool, that has quick and easy meals that suit my lifestyle, and let me bring in more color. That's the first thing you do. Before you don't go vegan, before you've done that. Because hmm. okay. that will also give you fiber, and fiber will help your gut health. Okay, that was another thing that you um you, we were speaking about off off camera when we when we chatted. I was very proud of myself because I was drinking kombucha and I was like giving my gut the things that it needed. And you were like, well, "How much sugar is in that?" And then this brought me onto this whole superfood craze, right? And like, don't I'm not going to knock it. They have they they do have their benefits, but I don't think that we are understanding how we should be consuming them so yeah kombucha is great but there was more there was more sugar in there than even you said what did you say like 12 grams i did i asked you if it was like 12 or 15 grams because that's three teaspoons 14 grams of sugar okay. yeah like drinking that's, that's more than half your daily allowance according to the world health organization as a woman for sugar and you wouldn't have thought that you might still have some chocolate in the evening and maybe a bit of i don't know jam on toast you know yeah but it's the same as drinking a Coke. I'm doing no good, actually. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm. So the health food thing. Um, should we be buying chia seeds and avocados and kimchi? Yes. What? Kimi, kimchi? What? That, kimchi. Give that, that one. Yes. Should we be doing that? What's that? <laughs> I think if you're doing a little bit of everything, kimchi on its own is not going to solve your issue. And that's what I don't agree with. When there's a particular product that makes claims that this product will improve your gut health and help with everything. There's no one thing. So many good foods make a super diet. Okay. So how many, how many tennis ball portions again? Minimum of five. <laughs> okay. Like, like, you know, like a lot of the research substantiates that we actually should be having more because of the amounts of stress that we're under and the pollutants we're exposed to and poor health and, yeah. Can we fix ourselves? Do you really think that it's possible that someone can go from burnt out, tired, probably malnourished, even when overweight? And I'm going to say this. Oh, yeah. I see that all the time. And overweight at the same time. So tired, malnourished burnt out, fatigued, leaning towards like all kinds of health issues. Can you turn that around? Yes. <laughs> you absolutely can. You can. You, the, the body, this head, heart, gut, and dare I say soul, has an 
incredible capacity to heal. And when you align them and you set a really good intention and you're consistent rather than, you know, doing something for like four weeks and then falling off and, you know, you make it a lifestyle, a style of living, it's incredible where you can take your body and your health from, I mean, we have so many examples of people who were almost on deathbed you know with terminal illness even with the right kind of lifestyle and mental and emotional approach that they've reversed that so yes you can okay so let's talk a little bit about that the habit stacking because like you say it must be long term we must be able to do this for longer than four weeks how do we even begin because this seems like even just if we're talking head heart hands it's a lot of information like we've got to sleep right eat right drink right play right relax right work yeah (laughs) where are we starting that's why i feel like it's so important to look at it as like a long-term life project so it's not something you're just going to do for a season that you ideally do it for yeah for a long time and find partners that you like and then work with them and go on a long journey. I would though start with the foundations, which is your physical well-being. You know, the things like hydrating and eating and movement. Then look, and then you move up to the heart and emotional well-being and look at ways that you can do that. Like bring in gratitude, build your emotional literacy so you can actually talk about feelings, have ways to express negative emotions. Um, and then maybe move into the headspace and develop aspects like curiosity and constant learning and growth. But I think it's about finding the right, there's so many wellness and well-being and health partners out there that can do the journey with you. Because don't do this alone. Like alone is hard. Like together is more, it's fun. It's nice to be witnessed. We transform most when we're witnessed anyway. We can learn from others. And this leads me into the Wellbeing Immersion immersion event that you are hosting currently. Um, When this airs, it will have started yesterday, but that doesn't mean that people can't join still, right? Yeah. Yeah, thank you for mentioning. So the Wellbeing Immersion is something that came up because so many of my clients were saying to me, like, we're exhausted, we're feeling lost, we don't have a joie de vivre or sparkle, um, you know, burnout, all the things we've been speaking about. So I thought, well, it would be amazing if we could all go to a spa holiday for five days, but we can't. But what if we gave our nervous systems a little bit of spa-like treatment for half an hour a day over five days? So that's the idea, is that we start on like day one and then over a week for half an hour, I'll take you through a journey, you know, like Mindful Monday turned on Tuesday, Wacky Wednesday, which is going to be fun, Thankful Thursday, and then Friday will be about celebration. And anybody can join. And if you, there's no cost. For me, I'm taking price out of the equation because for me, it's, I feel great. But I'm very conscious that a lot of us aren't. And I don't have all the answers, but I have many. So even if you just show up to feed off other people's inspiration or treat it like an oasis, like just come and sit, the permission that you give yourself for half an hour a day to focus on your well-being could be life-changing. And so we can go into the next part, the second half of this year, 2021, hopefully feeling a bit better. That's that's my objective. And I think based on the the feedback, I'm probably going to run the immersion again um October-ish because I think that's when we're all going to also potentially feel a bit tired yeah for sure um I also just I wanted to add that 
you know, as much as, as you were saying, we need to invest in our mental, physical well-being. And, and I'm blessed. I, I have the means to. I think a lot of people don't. And I think this well, wellness immersion that, that you're running on your website, this virtual event, um, is a really, really great starting point because it's, like you said, there's no cost involved. 30 minutes a day from the 13th to the 18th. Um, so it started yesterday. Can we still join today? No, it starts next week. Yeah, no, no, I know. But when this broadcast, it's oh, of course. Today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, can people still join? Yes. Okay. Yes, they just go to my website and you join and then you'll get the, and it's the same link for the whole week. So I'm all for simplicity. That's the whole idea is that well-being and health can seem complex, right? And overwhelming. Yeah. So I feel that my my journey is to help others to see that it actually can be easy and fun. So for me, it's all about practical to, you know, taking the theory and the science and making it practical, but also trying to stay playful because mm. we need that, right? Because we're so like, see for serious and stressed. We're grown up. And we're not supposed to be this grown up. We're supposed to still play. Yes. Yeah. We are. I mean, David Rock, who's a, like a phenomenal neuroscientist and psychologist, has a concept called uh, the brain platter and a healthy brain platter. And there's like seven important ingredients that he says you need. And one of them is playfulness. Mm. You know, a lot of us, unless you have kids or pets, I know that you've got a very cute little fur child that we heard okay. speaking. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't play enough. And play is where you allow yourself to feel a bit of joy without an agenda. There's no outcome. Okay, where do we go for this virtual event? Because I know many people are now going, uh, me, 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 me. Um, my website, which is spelled myname.com. So celinemorin.com. And then there's a tab that says wellbeing immersion, sign up. And also my contact details are there. So reach out to me. If I can't help you, I'll find someone who can. Yeah. Awesome. Everything is down underneath. I don't know what. You don't have to struggle. You don't need to do this alone. And if you watch this recording and you've missed the wellbeing immersion, I don't know. I'm thinking I'll probably put the videos up somewhere. So be in touch. And I do monthly events and I post on social media. So let's like, let's all stay connected. Let's help one another. Ask questions because if you've got the question, guarantee there's like a hundred other people that are thinking the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So like also, about. You, you, we, we can approach you for one on one coaching. Um, you do that, right? I do selected one-on-one -on -one coaching. I have an online community, which is often enough for people to start with. That's called the Wellbeing Clubhouse. Okay. And that's a cool community. We get together twice a month. There's a learning hub with lots of videos that are like six or seven minutes long. So not a big time investment. And then after that, if you still want one-on-one, -on -one, we then have a discussion and I make sure that I'm the right fit for you. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for this. This has been incredibly informative. And I just wanted to tell you that after meeting you on, on Zoom last week to this week, I don't think you realize how much of an impact you've had on my life. And I think oh. I think going forward and and like introducing you to the family of Jack Rand FM and the Exo TV family, I think you're gonna do that for so many people. And mm -hmm. I just I wanted to say thank you. Sure. <laughs> I'll accept that because <laughs> it's, it's a real honor to do this work because health is a very personal journey for everybody. Yeah. So I don't take it lightly and I get very excited when people actually think and are open to doing something different, you yeah. know, and the more of us that do this, it's like we collectively lift the tide of yeah. well-being. And so even those that aren't interested, 
just by virtue of watching us and seeing how we act can be lifted. And I think the world needs it. The earth needs it. We deserve this to feel good, to sleep with ease, to laugh with ease, to not feel so, you know, dead tired on our feet all the time, to improve our health, to maybe even live longer because of it. Feeling good. Feeling you know? good. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. All of the information that you need to go to the, uh, to attend the wellness event, to, to find anything, it's down here. Instagram, website, everything is here. Um, thank you. Have the most beautiful month. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm currently not doing the course, but I am doing the course because now we're in the past. Yes, we are. <laughs> Isn't that cool? We just time travel. Do you see what well-being can do for you? <laughs> I'm so confused. This is like inception. Uh, and thank you so much. Thank you. Remember, you can catch the full video on xotv.me and you can meet us in kind of real life. Thanks to DJ Chuck for the music. You can catch him at www.chucksprosound.co.za. New episodes on Jackpot and XOTV every Monday. Love you.